Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. Today is Friday, March 1st. Coming up, for 75 years, a race in liberal Kansas has challenged people to run a quarter mile while holding a frying pan with a pancake in it. The tradition may seem odd, but the community says it offers real economic benefits. They don't want to live somewhere. They're not going to move a company there. And so I think part of it is it shows that, hey, there is a slice of Americana that still exists out here. Plus, as Kansas City gains more and more national attention, should we be worried about being seen as too nice? It's definitely something that we should reflect on and think about so that our default isn't just to lay on our back with our bellies up waiting for somebody to scratch us. (laughs) We'll hear from a Kansas City comedy writer on being a nice city in the national spotlight. But first, some headlines. A police officer and Jackson County Court employee were shot and killed yesterday afternoon in Eastern Independence. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal reports the incident began when the court employee served an eviction at a person's home. Officers with the Independence Police Department then arrived on the scene and two were shot. One officer, Cody Allen, died from his injuries. Independence Police Chief Adam Dustman said Allen served the department twice. He returned to the agency two years ago. Dustman said Allen is a hero who always had a smile on his face. He was the guy that uh, when you go on a call, you knew uh, he was going to be there. He could defuse things in a moment's notice. Uh, He was right there to back you up. The second officer who took gunfire is expected to recover from his injuries. A third officer sustained minor injuries. One male suspect was taken into custody. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey has sued Planned Parenthood Great Plains, alleging the organization provides abortions for minors without parental consent. Sarah Fentum reports. Bailey's suit claims Planned Parenthood employees in Missouri offered to take a minor to Kansas for an abortion. The suit cites a video secretly recorded by a representative from the conservative group Project Veritas. In the video, the filmer poses as the uncle of a 13-year-old girl seeking to get her an abortion without her parents' knowledge. The suit asks the judge to order Planned Parenthood to stop referring minors for abortions. Missouri has banned almost all abortions. It also prohibits minors from getting the procedure without parental consent or a judge's order and bans people from helping minors get an abortion. Planned Parenthood representatives say the video is heavily doctored and that they follow Kansas laws, which require minors to get parental consent. The Kansas City area's blood supply dropped after the recent mass shooting at the Super Bowl victory rally. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports a regional nonprofit is seeking donations to help replenish it. The Community Blood Center of Greater Kansas City says it provided hundreds of units of blood to hospitals after the February 14th shooting that left one dead and more than 20 injured. The nonprofit is hosting blood drives across the region, including one at the Kansas State House, where Governor Laura Kelly and many state lawmakers donated. The Community Blood Center provides 90% of the blood used by hospitals in the Kansas City region. First, Jackson County property owners got notices that their property values increased. Now, KCUR's Sam Zeff reports property owners in Wyandotte County can also expect a bump when notices start to go out today. 
The Wyandotte County appraiser says homeowners can expect a 10 percent increase in the value of their houses. Commercial real estate should see almost a 15 percent increase. Appraiser Matthew Willard wrote on the Unified Government website that the county has a strong housing market. Also, he wrote there aren't enough houses to meet the increased demand. All in all, he says most property owners should expect an increase in their valuations. We'll be back after this. It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. This month marks 75 years of what's known as the Pancake Day Race in the southwest Kansas town of Liberal. Racers run a quarter mile carrying a frying pan with a pancake in it. Kaylin Moore of the Kansas News Service reports on why the community keeps the international tradition alive and how towns benefit from these types of local festivals. A dozen women dressed in aprons and headscarves holding frying pans are lined up in downtown Liberal, Kansas for the annual pancake race. People gathered next to the race course cheer as women run the quarter mile in this race, marking the 75th anniversary of the annual festival in Kansas. A local DJ from radio station KSCB hypes up the crowd at the finish line. Let's bring them through! 75 years of celebrating Pancake Day! This unusual tradition actually goes back even farther to 1445 in Olney, England. Women and girls prepare for that annual pancake race, an event five centuries old. The story goes that a woman was making pancakes for Lent, a period of fasting before Easter. She heard the church bells, meaning she was late, and ran to church clutching the pan with the pancake still in it. To commemorate that, the people of Olney started the pancake race. You can take their word for it that a frying pan can be quite a handicap, but look at their speed. Then in 1950, a man from Liberal saw a magazine article about the race and wanted to use it to promote his town. He challenged only to an international pancake day race. Since then, racers from Liberal gather, run the race, and compare times with officials from Olney. Your, your time was 1 minute 0303. Our time was 103.37. Those cheers are because this year, 19-year-old Pamela Bolivar from Liberal won. But this whole festival is no small feat. It takes dozens of volunteers and contributions from the community. Why keep investing time and money into a breakfast food race? Gary Clausen, chairman of Pancake Day, says that it gives the town a connection to something bigger. I mean, we're smack dab in the middle of nowhere. In a small sense, we're, we're connected internationally. Small towns across the state and nation have their own festivals and traditions. Whether it's the Tulip Festival in Wamego, Kansas, or the Balloon Regatta in Columbus, Kansas, Clausen says communities are looking for ways to bring people in and bring them together, no matter how silly. Why in the world would you take a, a 63-second race and turn it into a four-day event? Yeah, we embrace the silliness of it, and then it turns into something big. But these celebrations aren't just a small town's attention grabber. They offer economic benefits. Eli Swati, Economic Development Director for Liberal, says it's hard to stand out when trying to attract businesses and industries. Something like Pancake Day can make the town memorable to companies looking to relocate. They don't want to live somewhere. They're not going to move a company there. And so I think part of it is, it shows that, hey, there is a slice of Americana that still exists out here. 
There also can be direct economic benefits of bringing in tourists, staying in hotels, and having the community out for the day. Sales tax revenue in February last year, when the race was held, went up $100,000 compared to the months before and after. Liberal Tourism Director Sally Fuller says being known for something makes Liberal an easier sell to tourists. While we might not actually get the visitors on the actual Pancake Day, people notice Liberal because of Pancake Day. Building that sense of community can be vital as towns try to fight the trend of rural populations shrinking. Towns can leverage their values of community to encourage people to stay or even return. These kinds of events are a way to to advance social cohesion. You know, it gives people a reason to get together. That's Christy Davis, Rural Development Director for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Rural communities can take pride in their local festivals, and the gatherings highlight the positive attributes that small towns still offer. There's still community. There's still a place where you're running into people on the street one-on-one that you've known your whole life. Um, And there's something about that uh, is lost in a lot of places. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Kaylin Moore in Liberal. The Kansas News Service is a collaboration of KCUR, KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Mia Mercado's book about what it means to be nice has made her an expert on the topic. The Kansas City Public Library's Anne Knigendorf spoke with the local comedy writer about what it means to be nice as a person and nice as a city in the national spotlight. The Wall Street Journal and the New York Times each included Kansas City as one of the best places to visit in 2024. You know, as a city, Mm -hmm. we've already had more eyes on us than usual with the Chiefs and Taylor Swift and so on. And the soccer business. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of soccer before. (laughs) I know I have, too. So I keep wondering, like, what do we do if we become a tourist city? I feel like probably more of the same, just be more Midwesternly nice to more people. (laughs) So that brings me to my point. (laughs) (laughs) So what I've been a little interested in avoiding is that really limiting perception that we're nice. Yeah. What are we supposed to do with that? Like, I'm not especially nice as a person. (laughs) I think a lot of people have a lot of hang-ups about being called nice. I think a lot of niceness is absorbing discomfort for the sake of other people's comfort. It's definitely something that we should reflect on and think about so that our default isn't just to lay on our back with our bellies up waiting for somebody to scratch us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from the Midwest, born and raised. And the thing that I hear a lot is that the Midwest is nice but not kind, and the coasts are kind but not nice. Yeah. What does that mean? I think niceness has a level of superficiality to it, but then you go home and you're like, oh my God, can you believe that person said that? And the idea that the coasts or wherever is kind versus nice, I think has to do with like a level of courtesy, but maybe not couched in making sure the people around you feel comfortable. Yeah. And you talk about the drawbacks of being nice, too. Um, You have some examples of unintended or unpleasant consequences, like Mm -hmm. in the world of dating. Yeah. You know, Des Moines wants to come and hold our hand. I do think that there is something like analogous about the idea that, like, you're going to go on a date with somebody and you're being set up and the other person is telling you, like, um, well, they're nice. So, yeah, I think there is maybe an assumption that, like, if nice is the first word that you're using to describe a city, does that mean that they're not fun? 
There's also this part in your book when you talk about your brother, Zoe, Mm -hmm. and his performance of nice. So my older brother, Zoe, has Down syndrome. People have a lot of assumptions about what he can or can't do, what he does or doesn't understand. And he can sense when somebody is, I guess, being fake nice. You wrote that he patiently and politely lets people behave that way toward him, but he's doing the exact same thing back. Yeah. Um, His assumption going into a conversation is like, oh, I can't wait to make this person like me. Zoe knows that people know he has Down syndrome. And because of that, I think he has the ability and the self-confidence to just be himself and know that people will like that. And also, if they don't like it, oops, that's not his fault that they have bad taste. So. Yeah. What What's the outlook for other people to oh, like, be able to we... cultivate that? Like, yeah. like, if we do get this influx of people. Yeah. If I could bottle whatever, <laughs> what like Zoe's formula for loving yourself and being excited to make other people love you, I would be drinking that formula all day. I don't know. There's like a level of trusting the person you're having a conversation with, trusting yourself, allowing yourself to be like present and available and there in a moment. And also just like being cool, which I guess... <laughs> Well, can you just tell someone to be cool, though? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I wish we could. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these are good tips for a city in the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for talking to me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The story was produced with the Kansas City Public Library. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Madeline Fox and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Anne's story about Mia Mercado and Kaylin's story about the Pancake Day race, visit kcur.org, where you can find more Kansas, Missouri, and Kansas City news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.